This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop-related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand-new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. While we started on the five-barrel um, sort of homegrown propagation system, um, we're now going to invest in a full uh, conversion of one of our 100-barrel um, fermenters into a lacto-propagation system. This week on the show, Jordan Kelly joins us in Calgary to talk about Odell Brewing Company's adventures in lactic acid bacteria propagation. Hi, my name is Jordan Kelly, and I'm the lab manager at Odell Brewing Company. All right, uh, give us some background. This all started as um, R&D for a new brand, right? Yeah, so um, we were looking for a sessionable kettle sour brand um, about a year ago, and we initiated pilot batches. So five barrels a batch. Um, We were basically trying to sour wort, um, and we used the Goes book by Fall Allen, um, which is a great resource. We basically turned it into our souring Bible. Um, and in there was reference to the German sour gut method. Um, and basically what that method is, is using the lactobacillus um, naturally ple- present on malt um, to sour beer. Um, so basically it's the Reinheitsgebot version of adding um, acidulated malt or lactic acid. Um, and we started with that. So we added um, one to two pounds per barrel of uh, what we call the, the barley dust or the, um, it was basically just flour. Um, so that had all of our lactobacillus and added it and that soured our beer. Was that just your base malt or? Yep, just pale. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you were hitting your target pH and TA in something like six or eight hours on the pilot scale when you did these. Mm-hmm. But then when you uh, t- it, took it to the production scale, it was taking you something like twice as long as that, right? Was that a huge surprise to you? Yeah, so we're really seeing it like in the realm of seven hours. So our, our spec became, at the pilot sc- scale, our spec was under eight hours. Um, and then we brought it to the, the big scale, and it took um, 17 hours to sour. 
Um, and that's unacceptable for a 140-barrel brew house. Um, so that tied up the brew house for an unacceptably long period of time. Uh, so after that, we initiated lab-scale uh, lab testing in order to determine a way to correct that and make it go much faster. And what, and what, were you, what was your hypothesis there? What were you thinking you'd find out or you could do? Um, so basically, we were looking at different strains. So what if, if there's a different strain other than the one that we collected naturally from our grain dust, um, or if we could add salts or pre-acidify with acids, um, or if we could modify the amount of liquid sour culture we were adding. Okay, talk about that more because, like you said, you, you try to sort of jumpstart the process by um, decreasing that initial pH with acid or, or mm -hmm. salts. Um, give us a little more details there. Yeah, so some of the things that we, we modified, we added... Um, citric acid, exorbic acid, and calcium chloride. Okay. Um, we also did a salt and acid blend, so it had the citric acid, lactic acid, and the calcium chloride. Um, and then additionally, we did a, both a high dose of lactic acid and a low dose of lactic acid. Um, and the purpose was to just kind of see all the different variables that we could mess with. Um, at the time of testing, we didn't mess with uh, temperature because we saw that um, from the GOES book, uh, 115 to 117 was recommended, and that's where we, we got our success on the pilot scale. So we didn't really mess with that as a variable. Um, and then additionally, so the, the dosage, right? The more cells you have, presumably, the faster you're going to have your souring time. And that, that, um, that first test, though, with the, you know, with the, with, by decreasing the pH, that didn't really play out the way that you thought it would, did it? It didn't, no. Um, so none of the, the samples that we added the salts to or the lactic acid to outperformed just the control. So that was just standard sterile wort. Um, that was autoclaved, and then we added our culture to it. So that performed best. Um, however, there was a little bit of uh, benefit, potentially, to adding the calcium chloride. Um, so when we move forward, we would move forward with uh, a little bit of calcium chloride. Um, additionally, the lactic acid, um, a low level of lactic acid did help um, a little bit. Uh, so we're like, maybe we could do that, but um, again, these lab scale tests, um, we did them pretty quick and dirty, so we are looking to get our results fast so that we could brew the next batch, um, so we didn't have time to test that further. Okay, and like you said, uh, next, next you wanted to test the volume of the culture, thinking, I guess, hey, more bacteria, more lactic acid, right? Uh, yeah, so we um, added basically a, a small, medium, and then high amount of the liquid culture. So while we came out that with the lactic acid and the calcium chloride may be helpful, we also added that into the test. Um, so it was basically like volume of culture. Um, and uh, our hypothesis there was correct. So the more culture you have, the, the higher the cell count, the more cells you're going to have producing lactic acid, the faster it's going to go. Um, so that came out correct. You know, the more, the more we add, um, the faster. So that was what we discovered from that testing. Okay. So you took what you learned there and applied it to the production scale. What did that look like? Um, so basically when we, we brought that up to the big scale, we uh, uh, did the same thing as we did on our pilot scale. Uh, we allowed that lactic acid, uh, lactobacillus, to make enough lactic acid to go terminal. Um, so this would go down to like 3.2 or 3.3 um, and a TA of 0.4 to 0.6. Um, so quite sour, and then we would transfer that liquid culture to our, our large-scale system. So we were kind of limited by our five-barrel pilot system. That was the maximum amount of 
culture that we could add. Um, so basically, we just push that into our uh, production scale, and then it would start to sour. Okay, and so, and that's the production's 140. Is that what you said? 140. Um, we have three turns for a full f- fermenter fill, which is 400 barrels. Um, so we're working on on fairly big volumes here. Coming up. So the same way that uh, yeast has a lag phase before it starts fermentation, lactobacillus has a lag phase before it starts lactic acid production. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. Support for this podcast is brought to you by ABS Commercial is a full-service brewery and parts outfitter. From our Raleigh headquarters to our Denver office, we proudly offer brew houses and fermenters from three barrels and up, yeast brinks, boilers, kegs, chillers, tri-clamp, and other stainless parts, all with the quickest delivery and lead times in the industry. Learn more at abs-commercial.com or call 877-BREW-ABS. ABS Commercial. We are brewers. Additional support provided by Brewer Supply Group is now the proud exclusive distributor of Dingaman's Malt. BSG is thrilled to partner with the Dingaman's family and to distribute their superior quality malts to brewers, distillers, and homebrewers in the U.S. and Canada. Dingaman's Malt combines modern techniques with their long-standing focus on quality and service to their customers and remains 100% independent and family-owned. Go to bsgcraftbrewing.com to learn more. And thank you also to Fermentus is the obvious choice for beverage fermentation. From large and small breweries to home brewers, we've provided the beer industry with the best fermentation yeast since 2003. The yeasts are easy to use. Just pitch Fermentus yeast directly into your wort. No rehydration necessary. To learn more about how Fermentus can improve the quality of your fermentation, visit Fermentus.com. Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. District Carolinas is putting on a two-day HACCP course at White Labs in Asheville, March 9th and 10th. The District Mid-Atlantic Spring Meeting is March 14th at Dogfish Head. District St. Louis meets March 19th at Urban Chestnut. District Milwaukee joins forces with the Wisconsin Brewers Guild for a technical conference March 26th in Green Bay. The District Texas Spring Meeting is March 27th through the 29th in Fort Worth. I'll be presenting along with some other great speakers at the District Eastern Canada Meeting in Montreal March 31st. District St. Louis meets April 16th at Second Shift Brewing. The Master Brewers Brewery Packaging Technology course begins April 26th in Madison. District Northern Illinois holds its Spring Technical Conference May 8th at Hofbrau House in Chicago. District Northwest meets in beautiful Hood River May 15th and 16th. The best brewing conference worldwide only happens every four years and it's happening this August. WBC 2020 will be held August 1st through the 4th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find all the details at worldbrewingcongress.org or just follow the link in the show notes. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. noticed uh, souring time variability that wasn't tied to strains starting pH 
acid additions or culture volume. Talk about that. Yeah, so um, this was something that we didn't realize until after we had done quite a bit of production scale testing. Um, but some of the uh, tests, that they just didn't hit um, terminal at the speed that we would want to. Um, so, for example, the strain test, um, some of them didn't even go below a pH of 4. So we didn't even get souring in those samples. Um, and there's a couple theories about that. And the main one being that uh, the the activity of the culture actually really matters. So we found through production scale testing that when you have dormant uh, lactobacillus, um, basically it's hit per terminal pH, they're shutting down their me metabolic activity, um, they are not going to start producing lactic acid right away. So the same way that uh, yeast has a lag phase before it starts fermentation, lactobacillus has a lag phase before it starts lactic acid production. Um, and we observe this to be six to eight hours. Um, but when we did our lab scale testing, we didn't account for this. So um, some of the variability there, we think, is from that. Some of the uh, strains we tested, we just took straight from Smack Pack without a pre-feed step. Um, I think we would have gotten better data if we had done a pre-feed step. Have you thought about going back and doing that again or no? Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, we're pretty dialed in our production process. So I would like to try that again on a, a, a bigger scale rather than a, a lab scale. Um, and then additionally, another thing is we really didn't um, play with temperatures. So we were sticking in that 115 to 117 degrees uh, Fahrenheit realm. Um, but many of the lactobacillus cultures actually here at MBA, I've discovered um, from some other research that many lactobacillus cultures, that's too hot. Um, so that's likely part of the reason we didn't see some of them go terminal as well. Okay. So how did all that information change your approach? You then put together this this sort of low-cost propagation system. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, um, so when we moved up to the big scale, that initial um, test batch that took over 17 hours was a 100-barrel uh, uh, scale system, or a 100-barrel batch. <laughs> um, and that was just our trial. So after that, we needed to go right into the, the full scale, so doing 400 barrels of this at a time. Um, however, we didn't know how successful this brand was going to be, so it's hard to invest in a big, fancy um, lacto-propagation system if you don't know if this one kettle sour brand is going to be successful, because most, most of our production is hoppy beers, so um, we didn't have a budget to produce one. Um, so our solution was we had basically a, a defunct F, um, FE that didn't hold pressure in the top anymore, so it wasn't appropriate for typical fermentations, but it was appropriate for lactobacillus. Um, so basically we just put this fermenter on a skid so that we could forklift it around and clean it. Um, and it's, we call it the Grundy, um, and that's from Solomon Grundy from the DC universe, if anybody knows what that is, but, um, it's basically just a, a, a fermentation vessel. Um, and then we, st we went with that for a while and we were doing this pre-feed step. So we, kn we knew that this pre-feed step, we kind of felt that it kept happening, the, the, the more active the cultures were in the beginning, the quicker our souring is. Um, but the problem with this, this pre-feed step is that we had a brewer either going from mash into boil kettle on our pilot system, which would tie them up for a full eight hours of work, um, or we were doing wart diversions from our big brew house. Um, and there were difficulties scheduling getting um, wart that wasn't hoppy out of the brew house. Um, because we, some of our brands are mash hopped as well, so um, we were pretty limited. So scheduling was a nightmare. It was a nightmare for labor. Um, additionally, our pilot brew house is in our cellar. So um, as a microbiologist, I felt really uncomfortable just 
pumping lactobacillus back and forth um, through this area. Um, and there was some risk to the culture too because um, we found that even residual hot matter in kettles or in the mash would cause inhibition. So there was some risk to the culture as well. So we need to come up with a different solution that didn't include this pre-feed step. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay, that's really all the questions I have, but I feel like we missed stuff. What, what else do you want to say about this project? Um, yeah, so I guess I just the end of it is that we made a, a really low-cost propagation system. So for that, uh, that FB uh, dish bottom, or the, our mobile Grundy, uh, we added a recirculation pump and a really cheap uh, tri-clamp heating element, and that allowed us to maintain temperature. Um, and that was critical because since we did have a mixed culture, we saw yeast overgrowth. Um, at any temperature below 110, we would see this yeast overgrowth. And this was a concern for we are going to boil this wort afterwards. So if we had yeast in solution, we'd basically be boiling out all the constituents of that yeast. We were concerned about a autolysis coming out. Um, so with this, uh, it was a $60 uh, tri-clamp heating element from Amazon, so pretty low cost, <laughs> and uh, recirculation ability, and that allowed us to make like a, a very low cost um, lacto-propagation system. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Nice work. What else? What else did we miss that you want to talk about? Um, I guess just finishing that um, we did achieve our souring time, so um, we, were, we had really impressive souring times initially, some in, in an hour, uh, hour and a half uh, realm, uh, which is really impressive. Um, and we got away with, from that with the lacto-propagation system. Um, but we came to tweak it more and more, and we've gotten better and better. So basically now we're always doing um, six rounds of souring in a row, because once it's a, that lactobacillus culture is active, it's just going to keep going and being active. Uh, so we're doing about 800 barrels of the souring every other week. Um, so we continue to tweak it and get better every time. Since we, this is such a successful brand for us, since we're producing 800 barrels of uh, sour wort every other week, um, we know that we can now invest. This is, a, this is a brand that we want to invest in. So while we started on the five barrel um, sort of homegrown propagation system, um, we're now going to invest in a full uh, conversion of one of our 100 barrel um, fermenters into a lacto-propagation system. So we'll have a heat exchanger going in so that we can take hot wort from the brew house to feed it and then recirculate it, um, keeping it at the appropriate temperature. So while you can start with the really low-cost system, um, it's great to know that eventually if you succeed and you create a product that people really love, that then you can reinvest in that process and, and make a, a full propagation system. That was Jordan Kelly live from the 2019 Master Brewers Conference in Calgary. All Master Brewers members can now get their very own free copy of Jordan's presentation and poster, along with all the other outstanding posters and presentations from Calgary. Download your copy of the conference proceedings at mbaa.com or check the show notes for a direct link. Have you figured out which brewing conferences you'll be attending this year? There's one that should be your top priority. Like the Olympics, it only happens every four years, and it attracts the best minds in brewing from across the globe. The World Brewing Congress is hosted by ASBC and Master Brewers in collaboration with the Brewery Convention of Japan, the European Brewery Convention, and the UK's Institute of Brewing and Distilling. It's hands down my favorite brewing conference and is packed with the best technical presentations, posters, and networking you will ever experience. If you're serious about your career in brewing, you should be there.
WBC 2020 will be held August 1st through the 4th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find all the details at worldbrewingcongress.org or just follow the link in the show notes. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, ABS, Proximity Malt, BSG, Gussamer, and Fermentis. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support. Let's talk about